Hello everybody, my name is Ben Schluter and welcome back to Chalk Talk, a series in which I interview guests from around the world of NCAA gymnastics. Today's guest is a senior at the University of Alaska Anchorage from Yakima, Washington. She's a dietetics major and children's mental health minor and two-time MPSF all-academic team member. Please welcome Celia Hildebrand. Good morning, Celia. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yes, me too. I'm very excited. Like, of all the programs that are in this sport, few are like the one in Anchorage. But let's start, before we get to that part, let's start with you. Um, when did you get into gymnastics and why? So I have kind of a unique story with gymnastics um, because um, unlike most children, I had no interest in it when I was like really little. Um, and I didn't actually start gymnastics till I was 11 years old and I started competing at 12. So I was super old compared to a lot of um, normal gymnasts, but it worked out. So wait, hold on. You're not okay. That's can't just gloss over how that happened, though. Like, <laughs> how did it get how 11? That is different. Yeah. So what what was the journey then? <laughs> So I started because my sister wanted to do tumbling classes. So I started tumbling classes when I was 11 with my sister. Um, and then I kind of had a little bit more interest in doing all the other events. So I started just a regular class. Um, and then I went through like a normal rec program my first year. Um, and then they just put me right on team. So I did level three, level four, level five. Um, and then I wasn't a level seven until my freshman year of high school. Um, but when I became a level seven, I was like, I want to go to college. And I told my coach that. Um, and my coaches were super like, uh, they didn't count me out. They were super inspiring. And they were like, okay, let's do it. But it's going to be hard. Um, and so I switched to an online school program so that I could train like six and a half to seven hours a day. Um, and so I would do a practice um, in the morning where I just worked upgrades and trying to get bigger skills and then I would do my like competition routines in the afternoon so it worked out but it was it was a lot of work for sure yeah that's in, that's absolutely incredible just to because I'm thinking about how much time that is compared to I think the oldest I'd ever talked to previously is like six is usually maybe the latest you'd get into it 11 that's <laughs> remarkably impressive to just was like was there a point at which someone or maybe you or someone else realized, hey, you're actually like pretty naturally talented at this. I guess it's more naturally talented than anything. Um, I think I kinda it was the second I started, people kinda would always tell me that I like was pretty naturally talented at gymnastics. Um, like it only took me like a couple of gymnastics practices to get around a back handspring or like I already had a cartwheel and most skills just naturally from playing around as a kid. Um, and so then when I started competing level three, people were like, oh, wow, you're pretty good. Even though I was just doing like bridge kickovers and that kind of stuff. But I, I guess people always were really, um, optimistic for me. So it definitely helped. Mm -hmm. So, and you knew you wanted to go to college. So how did your recruiting process start then? Um, you see, I think back on this, I don't know why I don't really remember my recruiting process a whole lot. Um. But so I was level nine for two years and then I did level 10 during the like COVID year. So it got cut short. Um, but in my second year of level nine, I was in communication with most um, 
I like a couple um, MPSF um, teams just because I kind of knew I wanted to be in that conference because of proximity to where I'm from. Um, and so I just reached out to a couple of schools and started talking to the coaches. But yeah. Do you remember who you reached out to? I remember I reached out to Seattle Pacific, um, Anchorage, Alaska. I reached out to Sac State. Um, and I feel like those were the main ones. I and mean, I think I did like a few schools outside of the MPSF as well, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. So Seattle Pacific was then not an option uh, for reasons of not existing anymore, which we will get to the potentiality of that happening to you, but that's for a later question. Um, so did you ever visit anywhere? I mean, I know, you know, COVID was kind of limiting yeah, so it was kind of hard. Um, well, because COVID wasn't like a thing yet until um, like almost the end of my senior year or senior season. Um, but again, I wasn't really in communication with a lot of schools just because I was only a level nine. And so recruiting was kind of weird in that aspect. Um, but I did visit Seattle Pacific um, before it got canceled obviously but um yeah that was pretty much it so um i guess okay because this is really weird because like normally you'd be a level 10 by this point and then i'm pretty sure and correct me if i'm wrong about this recruiting wise you have to be a level 10 in order to like get in division one or something right i mean you i've heard a couple stories of people being level nine just because like maybe they're super good on one event and they're just going to do that one event. They're level nine, but they're technically like level 10 in that event. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of a weird process because I was still improving. I was still getting a lot of skills. I was still not really at necessarily my peak of gymnastics yet. So recruiting was a little bit of a, um, I wouldn't say like a struggle, but it was definitely just a different experience because I wasn't necessarily where I wanted to be yet when I was reaching out to colleges. So why did you choose UAA? Okay, so this is kind of also a funny story. Um, I was committed to Seattle Pacific before I got cut. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was committed to Seattle Pacific. Um, I think I committed there. I don't really remember, but I think it was January of my senior year. Um, I just really, it was two hours from my house. It made a lot of sense for me. Um, I was in touch with the coaches. We got along great. It was great. Um, and then come June, we all sit down on a meeting and they basically tell us the programs to cut. Um, and they're like, transfer, go to different school, do what you got to do. Um, and so I was already in communication with the UAA prior to um, my commitment to SPU, just from recruiting and that kind of stuff. So I just reached back out to uh, Marie Sophie, who's now the head coach, and was like, hey, committed to Seattle Pacific. They cut their program. Um, I'm not really sure what my next steps are, but like if you're, if you still have a place on your team, I know it's June. I know it's super late in the recruiting process, but um, any help. <laughs> and she was so sweet and so helpful and reached out and was like, oh my gosh, I'd love to hop on a meeting with you. Like, of course, I'll help you out. And so I talked to her and then um, a couple days later, I committed to um, Anchorage. So so what's it like being a student there? Um, it's super unique um, just because 
I mean, I know especially for me, the dietetics program is a mainly like online program, um, but they have a lot of um, like non-traditional students here. A lot of people coming back to college again or people who are working a ton of jobs or in the oil industry or something like that because it is Alaska. Um, but I've had a really good experience just with professors and the campus is super pretty. Um, so it's been really fun. Has it been difficult adjusting to the whole sun thing? <laughs> I mean, I think come December or even now in November, I start to notice it. And I'm like, wow, this is a lot, especially when you have afternoon practice and you go in at like 11 a.m. and the sun was just starting to rise. And then the sun's out for a couple hours. And by the time you're leaving you practice, it's dark again. So um, it definitely is an adjustment, but. You just got to take your vitamin <laughs> maybe have like a happy light or something. So what's your daily schedule like during the season? Um, during the season, it kind of varies um, just because normally our practices are at different times depending on the day. But um, again, a lot of my classes are online. So I'll usually wake up, do some schoolwork, eat breakfast, um, hang out, go into um, the facility maybe get some treatment, uh, roll out, stretch, all that kind of stuff. And then we'll start practice. We'll do a three to four hour practice depending on the day. If it's three hours, we normally lift weights after, but if it's four hours, we'll condition in the gym. Um, and yeah, then I'll finish practice and uh, do some more schoolwork, go to bed and do it all again the next day. So what do y'all have for facilities? Um, our facility is actually super nice. Um, it's on the newer side, um, and it's called the Alaska Airlines Center. Super pretty. Um, it has, like, our gym in it, obviously, and then there's, like, an auxiliary gym, which is right next to our gym, which we'll sometimes compete in, and then also has, like, the main arena down below, which is kind of like a bowl. Um, and then, in addition, we have, like, our weight room, which is super nice. There's, like, a small track upstairs which uh you can like run on or that kind of stuff but then there's also downstairs is all of our locker rooms um as well as our like training room so um basically what do y'all have in that facility like beams whatever and all that yeah we have um i think like four beams um we have two bars one's over resi one's over pit oh three bars and then one's on like comp um surfaces um and then we have a vault in the foam pit and then we have a vault the other direction that goes onto resi or um we can put comp mats in so that's hard um and then our floor we have um part of the floor goes off into a foam pit part of the floor goes into like a resi landing and then we also have like a rod floor too hmm so Boy, oh boy, Alaska, not exactly known for being close to, well, anything actually. So what is, what's travel like and scheduling like to do a season? Yeah, so our season's super unique compared to a lot of other schools, just because we can't bust to any places for competition. Um, so because of this, all of our competitions are normally double weekends. Um, so we'll compete Friday, have Saturday off, and then compete Sunday again. Um, so normally we leave like late Wednesday or early Thursday um, to travel 
just because we do have to take a flight normally to Seattle and then to wherever we're going. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's more of like five or six weekends with double meets rather than like a 10 week season where you only have one meet a weekend. And then scheduling wise, like how do y'all manage, if you know, um, how do y'all manage to like get those set up? That's a really good question. Um, our head coach does a really good job at it. I know she has to work super hard because it is hard to get schools to want to come up here. Um, and I don't really know what her process is for getting um, our other meets secured, but I do know a lot goes into it. So I'll give her a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I just, like I talked with um, Emma Lavelle of Centenary, who they came up this, this past did, season yeah. and um, Louisiana to Alaska is the whole country. Yeah. Like, we're going to Louisiana um, to compete against Centenary this season, so that would be fun. So I know a lot of times we kind of make those deals with schools where they'll come up here one year and then we'll go to them next year or something like that. Mm, I have noticed that when looking at schedules. Um, but one schedule that I don't don't believe exists uh, is the one for your freshman year. Yes, correct. So uh, let's talk about the, the COVID whole deal. Right. Um, so yes, my freshman year was wild. <laughs> I'll just start with that. Um, it was definitely an experience, but, um, so I was, I'll just start back when I was coming up here, I was on the plane and the second, um, before we were taking off, actually, our head coach asked us to hop on a zoom. We get on that zoom and they say that our program is also going to get cut. And so that was kind of like the main focus of my um, freshman year was really just fundraising and um, just trying to get our team to be reinstated. Um, So it was primarily focused on that. But again, season was also canceled due to COVID. Um, So training looked very different. Um, And we also were in access to our facility because of COVID. So we had to train at a club gym. Um, our hours were super weird because we were going around the club gym schedule. Um, again, with COVID, we could only train in like little bubbles. And so I was training with the same three or four people every single day. And yeah, it was super weird, especially not having meets or any like um, timeline to like get routines by. But we did like a couple of just like in-house meets, with just our team, just to get like a little bit of experience. So yeah, but definitely a year. <laughs> Yeah, because um, I was going to ask about that separately because it's like, okay, well, I'm here at uh, Alaska Anchorage because Seattle Pacific cut their program. Hey, uh, guess guess what we're going to do, actually? Um, we're going to cut the program, too. So, But then it didn't get cut because of the fundraising effort. Oh. So what was the fight like to save it? Um, so I think initially when it happened, um, obviously, they didn't tell us right away what the, like, um, situation was with fundraising or how much we had to get so our um, head coach Marie Sophie put so much work into just like presentations and options and things that we could do to save our program presented it to the board of regents and they're like okay what we'll do is you just have to ra- fundraise two years of your budget so it was $888,000 um, and so our coach is just amazing and she did such a good job and 
I would just want to give her so much credit that would not have been done without her. And I think so many other people would have walked away from it. But um, she just had this passion and knew that she could do it, even when everybody else was like, absolutely not. There's no way you're going to get this much money in a year. But um, she really just inspired us all. And we would call, We I pretty much think they called every single company in Anchorage asking for fundraisers or like donations. And we would do silent auctions and have people donate things. And then we would auction them off. Um, and I just can't even begin to remember all the things we did for fundraising because there was so much. And she had such a like well put together, organized plan. Um, and so really when I like think about it, I just don't even remember it all because um, our head coach was just doing so much. And um, yeah, but basically we didn't get 888000 within the first year, but we had like a significant amount of our budget. Um, and so they allowed us to um, have another year where we were able to compete and fundraise a little bit longer. Um, and so then we reached it, which was super nice. But I think I yeah. remember Simone Biles like got involved and like said something about it, if I recall correctly. Yeah. No, we started like a social media campaign too. Um, and I, I remember a bunch of like um, more famous gymnasts um, participated or made comments or did something which was super nice but yeah well um let's move into the fact that the program it exists and one of those things that happens are the home meets so what's the typical environment like for a home meet um they're super fun um unfortunately we don't get a lot of them just because it is a little bit harder to get schools to come up to alaska um but the environment is great we normally have a pretty good student section especially because our meets are not as many as the normal sport so um students definitely like to show up and um show support when we do have them um and i know they normally um have like activities when we're like rotating events where there's chances to win like airpods or um i forget what else they normally give out but there's also normally like free pizza and that kind of stuff so it's it's a fun environment so what is your favorite meet that you've ever been on the floor for competing in um, that's a really good question i feel like there's a lot of memorable meets but one meet that i really um remember is i think we were in rutgers and i think it was my sophomore year um and it was actually my first meet competing so that was super fun and just the environment was super cool because we were competing against um like University of Michigan and I'm pretty sure they got like four back-to-back tens on vault which was crazy so that was like fun experience too um but it was also just like a super good environment and a really fun meet yeah I was gonna say it's it's it was four back-to-back but it was floor 10 and then three to start on vault because I remember this one because I was looking at that and I'm like oh yeah that's right there was a third team there yeah that's a thing also wait that was at Rutgers Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. The classic Alaska director's trip. You know. Yeah. <laughs> See, I I would say something about this, but UCLA is going to be in the same conference as Rutgers, and frankly, it's not as crazy anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. I uh, can't really think of anything else except to move on to this upcoming season. Right. Oh wait, one last thing. Um. Mm-hmm. So that fight to save the program. 
what was the first meet like after that whole, oh, we're going to get another year? Um, the first meet was just super emotional for sure. I think everybody was just super excited to be given the opportunity to get another season and another meet. Um, and so I just remember everybody not really caring or not really putting expectations on necessarily what the gymnastics was going to be like, but just embracing the fact that we were still here. We made a name for ourselves and um, just really embracing it and having a lot of fun. So I do remember it being a super fun, cool experience. So now moving into this year, now now is a good time to talk about some of the goals for this season. Yeah, um, I think as a team, we have a lot of goals for this season, especially being our third season back um, from being reinstated. So I think now there's a lot more, um, I wouldn't say expectations, but just a lot more goals for ourselves gymnastics-wise. Um, and I know... I feel like our main goal is just to pick up exactly where we left off. I feel like the past two seasons, we've started kind of at the same place, which is a little lower than we'd like to be, um, and kind of just had to like work our way back up. But I think this year, we really just want to work on consistency and being able to put all four events together um, because we know that we have everything it takes to do that, and we know that we have all the gymnastics to be a pretty good team. We just really need to put it all together, essentially, and be consistent and pick up where we left off so that we can just build upon that. And then what about you, some of your goals for this season? Yeah, so my goal of the season, again, is kind of just based on consistency. Um, I am upgrading my vault, so that's super exciting. And I um, that's pretty much my main goal is just to be able to compete that 10-0 vault. Um, and as far as floor goes really just a lot more consistency and be able to um, contribute and get um, like higher scores for my team. Um, and then beam, I competed beam, I think like once last year, but then I kind of just stuck to exhibitioning, just to get some more experience. But I think this year for myself would be um, to be able to compete beam more often and especially um, be consistent and contribute on that area as well. Ooh, you said you were upgrading your vault from a what to a what? So last season, I competed just a front handspring front pike, um, which was super fun. Love that vault. But now I'm I'm trying to add the half and working on um, my front handspring front pike half. Ah, uh, yes. The good one. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little biased towards that one. I wonder if anyone who knows that I cover LSU might know why I'm biased towards that. But anyway, enough about me talking because... This has been a great conversation. Love learning about the unique everything that is being at Alaska Anchorage. But at the end, I always like to give the last word to the person I'm talking to. So uh, to finish things up, uh, what would you like to say about either I don't know, the program or I don't really know what else to say, like besides the program or the school itself or, um, you know, smaller school gymnastics in general? Um, I just think in regards to our team, I just want people to know how special this team is and how we have girls from Australia and Guatemala and Mexico. And it's just so diverse and so unique. And it's just a really good, cool group of girls. So if you get to dive in and get to know the different personalities on the team, I just want people to know how special they are. Um, and yeah, it's just a really good group of girls. And that'll do it for this episode of Chalk Talk. 
If you want to learn more about Cilia Beyond Gymnastics, go read the feature story on the Substack for Chalk Talk. You can subscribe there to get episodes of the show delivered at the same time as the written stories. I want to thank Assistant Media Relations Director Nate Sagan and Assistant Coach Kendra McFeeters for helping set up this interview, the lovely Celia Hildebrand for taking the time to talk with me, and of course Gabby for helping out behind the scenes. Until next time, I've been Ben Schluter and this has been Chalk Talk. Thanks for listening.